welcome to episode 97 of the Shore Report. We're on the uh, home stretch, I guess, to getting to 100. We really want to hype that up. I'm going to keep mentioning that we're getting close, uh, inching along. I'm Jay Posner, as always, and I'm Heather Hyde. And uh, today, our uh, we uh, as we always do, we talk to our community uh, partners, and uh, you know, one we haven't really talked to is. Um, you know, our partner at the Sogging Valley Conservation Authority, and we've invited, uh, or at least we've had, uh, yeah, I think, I guess we invited <laughs> SBC to, to talk, and uh, Eric Downing showed up, I guess. Uh, that's good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I, I, I somewhat elbowed my way in, yes. But, yeah. But uh, th- thanks for, for allowing me uh, for the opportunity and the uh, for the for the platform. Yeah, well, the... Saugeen so- Valley Conservation Authority, in fact, all CAs have been around for, I don't know, 50 years? Or about 70 years. 70 years, yeah, okay. Well, then I'm even out by a few decades. <laughs> They're still not, uh, like, I think a lot of people still don't understand what a CA does. So can you give us sort of the high level, what does the Conservation Authority do? And if there's something that Saugeen Valley does that's different than others, we'd like to hear that too. Yeah, absolutely, Jay. So, yeah, the, the Saugeen Conservation is celebrating our 70, 70th year uh, this year um, uh, as, as a conservation authority uh, formed uh, by the member municipalities, of course, as all CAs, all conservation authorities uh, were. Um, and a, a real, at the time, a real groundbreaking um, sort of agency set up on, uh, on a watershed scale with watershed-defined boundaries. Uh, as an agency to control and oversee the natural environment and the, the, the conservation of that watershed. In the case of, of course, Saugeen, the Saugeen Valleys and the Saugeen River Valleys watershed. Uh, so our jurisdiction extend, extends more or less from Markdale to Dundalk, uh, then over uh, eastward to the shoreline to Point Clark, up to, of course, Southampton, where we find ourselves today. Um, and, uh, and you know, an, an entity that yes is over the years evolved and changed, uh, but but currently, uh, yeah, is is front and center uh, with regards to natural hazard management, and, and specifically for my department, the Environmental Planning and Regulations Department, um, that is that is uh, a real challenge and a real opportunity currently. That uh, is the predominant reason I'm here to speak with you today. But we of course have. Uh, a forestry department that that can certainly uh, manages our own 21,000 acres of of properties and and can help you with with tree planting and and uh, tree management on your own property. We have an education uh, department whereby we go out to community schools and groups and and, and often via Bruce Power organize uh, great education opportunities. For and is that like because my my daughter has participated in the water festival? Is that the, the, that? Absolutely. Same thing. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Water festival, forest festival. Um, yeah. Many different initiatives and, and education opportunities, uh, both um, festivals such as that, or indeed just class to class opportunities. Um, we also have a flood warning department that that keeps an eye closely on the rivers and watercourses. And obviously, uh, at this time of the year, right now, we, we are in a flood condition or, or nearing or could be in typically in flood conditions. We're fortunately this year having a good year and a nice gentle melt. Uh, but a flood warning department that does watch out for the watershed from that basis. Uh, we also have a stewardship department that uh, can organize funding for specific environmental programs and, and, and proposals on your property or a municipal property to again help that watershed function as well as possible. Um, I don't believe I've left out. We have parks of course as well, our, our campgrounds that also manage and maintain those natural spaces for, for public uh, enjoyment and use and uh, by all means go to our website and check out any of those departments. Uh, 
for uh, for more information. Uh, but yes, I'm here as the manager of environmental planning and regulations, and it's a bit of a different beast than most of those other departments. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm interested to, to speak with you today about that. And you're a pretty busy department yourself. You've got some stats from last year and and this year in terms of what you've been working on and permitting and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. Over the last uh, five years, really, um, um, we've been sort of tracking a sort of unprecedented, unprecedented workload increases. Um, you know, on average, uh, in the 2019, 20, uh, in 2018, we were seeing uh, nor above 2,000 people come through our door in the Environmental Planning and Regulations Department only, which I'll, I'll talk about shortly on, on what we're doing, of course, with those people and why those people are contacting us. But in and around development inquiries, we were seeing uh, the last two years upwards of 2,000 uh, clients coming through the door, unique inquiries with, on unique properties with unique uh, constraints and challenges. Um, and that is a significant increase from five years ago in, in 2014 you know, uh, and 2013. Uh, and, and even, well, you know, that I guess is a little longer than five years there. But in, around that era, we were seeing around 1,500 to 1,300 folks come through the door. So a, a significant uh, workload increase over that time, absolutely. Uh, but also a significant increase in the amount of work we've been able to permit. And uh, I'll introduce that permitting process here shortly. But around, uh, let me see if I can find my stat here to uh, the amount of permits that have been issued. Yeah, in and around 2013, we were issuing 150 permits a year. And as of uh, 2019, we issued over 330 permits uh, in, in, in 2019. So a fairly significant jump in, in uh, permitting as well. Um, to do with many of the initiatives and the improvements we've been trying to make with regards to uh, our, our this department and the challenges we have, uh, which I can get into here. Uh, as I as I introduce the department, yeah. Well, certainly, uh, if I can just sort of reflect on, from my perspective, we're seeing a lot of change and a lot of development in Saugeen Shores. Most of it is fairly straightforward and doesn't um, doesn't have any particular constraint that would prevent it from moving forward or that would have to be examined. But often, land is sort of at the fringe of our community, and they're therefore budding up with natural features and they sort of the role that Eric has if I can just introduce that specific relationship is that the Saugeen Valley Conservation Authority has a, uh, a role with working with the town to make sure that the natural environment issues that are important to us through our official plan are also reviewed and addressed so that developers if they propose something they have we have a qualified person that can help us understand what the impacts are and whether they're being addressed or whether they aren't or what they could do better or maybe just say no you know it's sometimes that's okay too so I don't know if that's sort of a touch touching off point or sure yeah I, I can I can roll into yeah some of the department's uh, nuances then to indicate you know how planning and regs at the Saugeen Valley Conservation Authority does what we do and, and why specifically because I think that's always a real interest and a, and a real uh, sticking point is well why is this applicable to me on my property because ultimately we do have involvement with private property and management and it's the major challenge but it's also our, our main strength and how we're able to uh, achieve what we can and, and have for the watershed so uh, yeah to start us back I guess with with CAs uh, in the our authority existed prior to Hurricane Hazel but they were established to again begin to, to monitor watersheds as there we were losing soil we were getting major erosion on the landscaping as, as deforestation was happening and uh, there was an indication by member municipalities that there was something wrong we can't control this with a, within our own political boundaries we need an entity to be able to oversee this ecological entity that is the watershed for for all our benefit 
Uh, fast forward a little bit then to 1954 and, and the Hurricane Hazel coming to southern Ontario uh, and causing him a huge amount of damage associated with a huge rainfall event, uh, which unfortunately saw the, the loss of life. Over 80 people were killed in Ontario by that flood event, uh, largely uh, to do with inappropriate development. Uh, subdivisions and houses being built in inappropriate locations, uh, unbeknownst to the owners, uh, unbeknownst to maybe even to the municipality, and and ultimately those landowners paying the ultimate price. And uh, the the conservation authorities were that at that point tasked with controlling new development that happens and or should happen in and around natural hazards to make sure that this basically doesn't happen again. Um, something that motivates me in my work on a daily basis is a quote from a first responder to Raymore Drive, uh, which was a subdivision that was destroyed by uh, Hurricane Hazel. Um, I, I may get the quote a little bit wrong, you can certainly go to the Hurricane Hazel Memorial site to, to refer to this one, but uh, to quote the, the first responder, a firefighter, it was a, a huge flood, there was water everywhere, houses were bobbing up and down like corks, and people were screaming everywhere and then you couldn't hear the screams anymore. Uh, and that's something that resonates with me and something that motivates me on a daily basis because at the end of the day, this work does matter. Because yes, as Jay indicated, we are protecting people from hazards and protecting natural hazards from people, more or less, in the department. Um, so yes, we, we have an interest and we have a regulation that does control what happens on uh, public lands, on private lands, um, that whereby, uh, in and around floodplains, in and around shoreline areas, in and around wetlands. Permits are actually required from the Conservation Authority before that work occurs to make sure that, yes, the natural hazards aren't being made worse by the proposed development, either uh, to the detriment of what's actually being built, a, a, you know, being a, a house in an inappropriate area, a floodplain, or that, hey, you know, maybe a landowner recognizes it's a floodplain and they want to fill an area to put the house you know, that they're proposing out of harm's way uh, and all, all is well and good, except the neighbor that, that wasn't in the floodplain suddenly finds himself in the floodplain because the fill that protected the proposed development now displaced that water onto themselves. So that is a major role and, and a major component of our work and our regulation. Uh, so uh, we, yes, we have an interest in floodplains, we have an interest in steep slopes around uh, river valleys, we have an interest in shoreline areas, uh, which is a hot topic lately, as, as the municipality knows, uh, with some of their own infrastructure being put at, uh, under threat by high lake levels that have returned along Lake Huron. Uh, we have an interest also, though, in wetlands, uh, in the headwater areas or even in anywhere in the watershed. Uh, and, and that's often a question I get most around, uh, around our, our role is, well, why do you have an interest in wetlands? If you're only protecting natural hazards for people and, and vice versa, you know, a wetland isn't going to jump up and bite me. What, what's the harm there? Well, as, as, as many of you would know, a wetland does act as a, a sponge to flood, uh, floods that would move through a watershed area. If you were to lose all your wetlands uh, via, you know, for development or, or you know, other uses that, that, that may remove a wetland, you lose the capacity to absorb floodwaters on the landscape and indeed on the watershed. We also have an interest in small connecting water courses in headwater areas. You know, little small features that, that, you know, many a landowner has told me, oh, it's just a small ditch, you know, what value is this in the, in the grand scheme of the Saugeen River? You know, I, sh I need to be able to, to change it, to pipe it, to move it. Uh, well, there is research that, uh, similar to a wetland, whereby they are, wetlands are the sponges for floodplains in the headwater areas. 
watercourses, especially the small headwater ones, actually make up 80% uh, of your floodplain storage in the case of a large watershed such as the Saugeen. So while obviously these little watercourses don't seem that hazardous, they have a big impact downstream on what flooding Walkerton, Hanover, um, you know, Southampton may experience in that major flood when it comes. So these, in other words, there's, there's maybe thousands of them. Correct. Cumulatively, they account for 80%. Correct. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With regards to wetlands and these small headwater areas, it, it, yeah, so it, one, any, any one of them may not be that you know, uh, important, as I've indicated, but yeah, the cumulative uh, uh, amount of what they do is extremely important. So what, what sort of, uh, like, like, is the job changing, or is the job likely to change because of you know, climate change? Yeah. <laughs> What, or is it something that's happening and you've already been addressing it over the last few years? Um, it, it, is, it is something that is, is currently being looked into. There is currently a Conservation Authorities Act review going on that, that member municipalities and the public have been engaged by, by the current provincial and the provincial government, I should say. Uh, and they're looking into how it can change, CA should change to address uh, not only the, the, the what's to come for, for flood events and, and climate change, uh, weather that, that's going to inevitably mm -hmm. impact this area. Um, you know, what, what shouldn't they be doing? What should they be doing? So yeah, that, that is a review component currently. Um, there is a, a, a fair amount of research still going on to try to understand what climate change does mean for, for these uh, natural hazards, of course. Uh, Hurricane Hazel, which is the flood event that we uh, created our interest basically or, or, or furthered um, the, 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 the reasons and the, 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 uh, the whole purpose of a CA um, is and has remained our flood standard where, whereby which if new development wants to and needs to proceed it has to avoid where that flood uh, would happen today should it fall on the landscape. So fortunately Hurricane Hazel is a very very large event, uh, something uh, exceeding the 200-year event. So that gives us a fairly good cushion even if climate change comes knocking. Um, but it, it's still, it, 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 it is being studied and being, trying to be understood of what climate change means for the future, absolutely. So that we can, you know, if, if we've used hind casting to, to determine where, where uh, hazards should be avoided uh, up to this point, is climate change, you know, indicating that that isn't possible anymore? Maybe we should be forecasting what climate climate change is going to bring in the next fifty hundred years, and then regulate to that. But that's it's very early days on all that. Absolutely not, not anything uh, that that I have in front of me. But uh, we we have been doing lots of work to try to improve the department, of course, uh, to try to improve some of the the real concerns from from the public with regards to our timelines of review, the consistency of our review, the transparency of our review. Um, so I, I certainly hope to speak to uh, speak to you today about that as well. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. Why don't you touch on a couple of those? Because um, you know, it's it is important. It's important for our council too that we are facilitating the the type of growth that we want. So that means that the good growth should move quickly. You know, and then so I, would, you know, I think you experience the same from your uh, board as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, we've we've undertaken a number of initiatives. So I've sort of introduced that we have a, a regulatory a permitting requirement in around watercourses and floodplains. So I, I won't uh, continue into that at this time. Uh, we have mapping online that indicates where we have interest. Uh, if you as a public want to know, hey, am I in an area of interest, certainly go to our website or the county's websites and there's resources there that indicates where the Conservation Authority does and doesn't have interest uh, should you have a proposal coming uh, you know, in, the, in the near future or, or well down the road. It's a great resource there. 
Um, we, uh, we, we though have, yeah, that is a, well, that mapping though in itself is a component of, of the movements we've been making in the last uh, five to six years to try to make the department better and easier to work with. Uh, so that yes, the appropriate development can move forward quickly and the inappropriate development uh, you know, can understand why and how uh, that is the case and what they, how they need to change or adjust uh, to hopefully get to a developable um, uh, status. So yeah, an initial thing that, that we've done to try to improve our department is to get that, that uh, mapping online, our, our screening mapping online. We did achieve that in 2015. Uh, and via some, um, some uh, refinements we were able to do to that mapping, we were able to also not only make it live and available to the public, we were able to shrink our, our, our screening area of interest by a significant amount. Uh, tens of thousands of acres basically on the watershed was able to be removed in that mapping process from our screening area meaning that there's a lot more, a lot less people that have to call us if they want to do something, which is, of course, easier for, for staff. We don't have to see those folks, and if it never needed to come in anyway, better for the applicant, absolutely. We also, uh, in 2017, were successful at approving our Environmental Planning and Regulations Policies Manual, whereby prior to uh, the approval of this manual, there really was not any roadmap that would indicate to an applicant you know, how and where an application would be reviewed, when it would be reviewed, to what measure, to, to what policies. It was uh, more, more or less those details were contained uh, more, more internally in the department and with the policy manual approval um, are, are now on our website, available to be reviewed by anybody applying for, for any type of development on the landscape. And that manual was also circulated to all member municipalities for comment, the counties for comment, and many interest groups locally. I, re I remember seeing that. <laughs> great. <laughs> yes. great. And in uh, fact, it was one of the... Uh, you know, one of uh, several documents that we look to to say, well, we should do the same. And so we've recently had our own development guide prepared, and it goes in similar directions where it outlines the significant requirements so that there's a consistency to that review. But also the developers can do it on their own time. They can look 1 a.m. if they wanted. They yeah. have to call me. They can look and spend as much time reading it as they want to. Yeah, they can plan and anticipate much better, yeah. you know, or at least have the ability to do so compared to what might have been prior. Absolutely. So we've seen, you know, some, some, you know, and it's a great guide for staff as well when we have a department that's growing to try to keep up with the development pressures. Uh, many new staff coming on board. It, it, it in the past took a long time for staff to be getting up to speed because they really had to learn in the files that they were getting how to proceed. And, and, and since the 2017 document was prepared, we had this great resource for them to be able to proceed forward with and not have to reinvent the wheel with, with each staff member that, that we, we were you know, fortunate to, to attract the CA and we're fortunate enough to be able to fund and, 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 uh, and, and cover with, of course, the development pressure and the development income that was happening and, and was necessary. Um, along, uh, along those lines, we continue to uh, make improvements and try to look to see where we can improve the department uh, via you know, some internal structures such as a, a tracking system that uh, will allow you know, all of the information on any property to be known very quickly and uh, consistently and it may be even something that is something that can be made public and you, know, you can see your own resources on your own properties to understand what has happened in the past. It's something we are working towards and uh, have our eye on it. It's a bit of a longer uh, term goal but uh, immediately that will be a, a tool that staff can use and will speed our review. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's an initiative that we've had and, and uh, have been working on for some time, and it's starting to roll out now. Um, and I think well, I might we can also we can probably invite you back on that is that matter what's because there's I think our many communities are looking at tracking tools or ways to assist landowners as they 
interact with us and uh, we imagine with you that to just understand yeah. understanding is just as important as uh, a response yeah absolutely absolutely um, so yeah another uh, so those are some of the initiatives that have, have, have made some real improvements to the department and we've been seeing some of the the fruit of that hopefully with with a, a customer satisfaction survey that we've actually rolled out in our department and we've actually had it in place for uh, since 2016 was the first uh, year we had it uh, in a 12-month period with regards to folks that interact with us. So these are people that are getting permits from us, that are getting uh, inquiries into us with regards to a property they may want to buy. Uh, everybody that has went through that process with us uh, has had the opportunity to complete a customer satisfaction survey. And this was intended to tr track uh, sort of the the uh, the improvements, hopefully, uh, or um, uh, or not. If improvements that we thought were improvements weren't working, obviously, this would be an indication that we had a, pr a problem with some of those items. And uh, in any case, we, we have worked towards a, a state basically over over the, those that age, you know, over that those uh, 16, 17, 18, and 19. Of course, we haven't had everybody respond, just like you have with any customer satisfaction survey. We've had about 25% response rate, which actually is, is pretty good. We we were just hopeful that people out of the goodness of their hearts want to respond. We weren't offering any sweepstakes or anything, unfortunately, with some which some do respond and 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 you know motivate a response. But we didn't try any of that, and we just were relying on our clients to be able to give us good feedback. So questions along the lines of, am I satisfied with the information that uh, SVCA staff provided? Was the response explained thoroughly? Uh, was uh, SVCA staff courteous and professional in their interaction with me? Was my request responded to in a reasonable amount of time? Am I satisfied with the decision of SVCA staff? So on, on all of these measures, uh, I, can, I can happily say that we are within um, 2% basically of a perfect response rate in on the positive side, which is something that I, I can't say I even anticipated in, in, the, the, in the profession I have signed up for. Uh, and inevitably we do get put into conflict the odd time with the odd interest and I quite frankly anticipated some more negative uh, well, responses. Especially when, uh, you know, sort of a... Um a sort of a first glance at a response or that might be the, those more likely to respond were had a negative experience because they're motivated so they're motivated to get that out of them Absolutely. so but that Absolutely. is you know an exceptional uh, sort of response rate but also exceptional responses and you know it'll be hard to top them imagine in years to come it, it, it does leave us with a bit of you know not much room to improve yeah. but but yet still so many improvements we want to make absolutely because it still can get a lot better a lot easier uh, for sure well, is there anything we, you know, maybe forgot to ask you or there's maybe you wanted to add? Now? Um, I, I wanted to pass along uh, at least uh, one item, uh, which was, um, you know, while the Conservation Authority has this, uh, the regulation, the Development Interference with Wetlands Alterations to Shorelines and Watercourses Regulation, that, that some folks have interactions with, and then we understand some folks haven't had a great interaction with. You know, that by its nature, a regulation sometimes has to be that. But... Uh, we work to we want to work to continue to improve on our interactions with the public, uh, but we also want to re recognize that while the conservation authority has this control in the landscape, the 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 way the the Saugeen Valley Conservation Authority's watershed functions and the way the Saugeen Valley Conservation Authority's uh, jurisdiction looks has more to do with each and every landowner that lives on watercourses, that lives on wetlands, that lives on shorelines, and manages their property every day. Yes, the Conservation Authority has a toolkit to, to, to try to manage and keep some of that, and, and, and you're fairly successful in such, but if the landowners of our watershed 
um, are lost and, and don't uh, decide to do it with what with their land is what they're doing on a daily basis currently uh, to maintain tree cover to maintain the floodplains and the wetlands our watershed would look and function much differently so the Saugeen Valley Conservation Authority does want to thank those landowners first and foremost whether you had a good or bad interaction with us in the past or you haven't had an interaction with us at all we want to thank all landowners for their stewardship and management of those properties because you are the reason why this watershed functions the way it does and I can I can give you a tidbit of, of how much of a, of a role you've played we've had in my time with this authority about uh, in three separate instances about three separate 200 year rainfall events hurt, hit certain watersheds. Not the whole watershed fortunately because that would have been uh, pretty catastrophic but certain small water watersheds such as the uh, the North Saugeen in and around Scone, it's got a couple of them actually. Uh, the Williamsford area got a 200 year event a, a couple years ago, Scone got one about 10 years ago uh, and the South Saugeen saw a massive event as well um, uh, I think just in 2018 or 2017 I think that might have been. Anyway, um, in all instances, uh, with regards to those 200-year events applying themselves to the landscape, in our jurisdiction there was not so much as an injury as far as we were, were heard. Uh, we had some instances where people that were put in harm's way absolutely, and, and it was touch and go, but, and certainly no fatalities, uh, which is a real testament to how all of us have been managing the Saugeen Valley Conservation Authority's watershed, both us as an agency and you as a landowner. So I wanted to thank, thank uh, everyone for that. and. Uh, Coming back around to sort of my interest in being here in the spring, it is our busy season in the planning and regulatory department. <laughs> so if there is uh, any proposals that you're thinking about, if you're starting to get the financing together, if you're starting to contact contractors about a plan or proposal you have for your property, um, certainly go and check out the Conservation Authority website because we have a map on there that'll let you know if we have an area of interest that, you, that is uh, applicable to the area that you're work at, looking to do work, uh, or go to the county sites that, that have a similar layer of information. And if you've got anything, you know, any plans coming or in the future, let us know early. Let, let us know um, as soon as you know so that we can avoid any delays to your project down the road. Uh, it's nothing worse than that, that the person that comes in and they've moved into the trailer on the property anticipating they're going to have their house in, in three months and, and uh, you know, us or another agency throws up a, a process in, in their way. And it's difficult for us all to, to do it right in those scenarios. So come in early, come in often. If you've got any plans, come on in. Um, another thing, Jay, was just uh, if we did have time, would have been uh, lake levels and right. uh, our shoreline area. Well, we did mention it briefly. I, I think maybe uh, we've got you know lots of information. We will keep it as a standing invitation. So hopefully right. there is time in the near future to talk about the lake levels. We don't want to leave it too long. I just this yeah. is probably good for this show. Yeah, <laughs> Eric, I'm so right. glad that you came on and that you reached out because it's really interesting, and I right. think that. A lot of our community members, if they haven't had an interaction with the SCCA to date, like they might not know exactly what you do and the scope of work. And I think we provided a really great overview of the agency. And um, I just hope that you continue your great work. And we're lucky to have you as a community partner here. I know at the town, and Jay, I know you can speak to this as well. You've been a fantastic partner to have. And we're looking forward to having you back on again to tell us more great stuff. Thanks so much.